Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, Kate and I are discussing a paper entitled Guidelines for the Measurement of Rain Tension in Equestrian Sport. It's by Hillary Clayton et al. And it's a 2021 paper. And um, I think the, the main reason we wanted to present this paper is I had an email from Becca uh, in Canada and she feels like every time she's riding her thoroughbred, she's pulling too hard. She said he just has a really strong mouth and he's probably doing a little what I would call rooting. So she wondered about tension um, measurement devices and how she would know if she's pulling too hard. Now, um, we all know reins are used to control speed and direction of the horse's movement through um, the application of tension by the rider. So when the rider holds the reins with a constant light contact, the mechanics of each gait is associated with a cyclic pattern of head and neck movements that is revealed in rain tension oscillations that have a typical shape and repetition frequency in each gait. Now that is the little um, things you can put on the bit and then they attach to the rain. I think this paper, what fascinated me the most about it is how they can be inaccurate. I mean, they don't record whether the horse is pulling or you're pulling. And then a lot of them don't meet the requirement in the calibration test for these. Now, I did check out what's on the market. And there's um, the Beeman um brand. It's also called IPOS. And um, it's gone through a lot of changes and a lot of updates. So very expensive. It's 659 euros. And then you also buy um, the application monthly fee to be able to interpret it or have it sent to your smartphone. So I think the one thing this paper taught me is the error that can occur in using these. What did you think, Kate? I think um, I, I basically had the same kinds of thoughts that you had, Nancy, in the sense that I don't think this is something that is at a stage market-wise that's really very user-friendly to everyday owners and riders. Um, I think it's great to have a sense and an understanding of when rain tension is at a heightened state. And I think, um, was it Becca you said that had emailed? I've got her name right. Yep, Becca. Um, I think that's the first stage is just to be really reflective. And it seems like she is in thinking, 
am I applying too much attention? And it's something that you're conscious of. And I would say almost being conscious of it alone means you're reducing the amount of tension you're applying. From the actual software point of view, I think this is something we are going to see a lot more of in the next few years in the sense that more and more companies are realizing that they can create a product, but they can get long-term money out of it if the app has to be subscription for you to interpret what the product does. So one example of that is the Whoop strap. I don't know if people have heard of that. That's a human um, like fitness watch that has very good metrics and is great if you're into health and fitness. And the way it works is you pay your subscription to the app. So very clever marketing. You get tied in um, for life. You won't be able to understand or get the data out of these types of uh, software equipment without having that ongoing payment, which I just think when it's something like that, it really reduces accessibility to owners and to horse riders. But in reading this paper, there were a couple of things that did stand out to me. It's just the different timings when tension is that little bit more. And what I picture is a novice rider that is almost holding on for dear life with their hands um, and that tilted forward, you know, straight back, but tilted forward, like really hanging on to those reins. And to me, one thing that I think is difficult is if you're in a riding school where you're riding different horses or you're going for different lessons, because there is a flip side to it. You know, you get such good experience and it's good not to get stagnant just riding one type of horse you know being able to be flexible and go from different horses and ponies is a brilliant thing to do but what can be difficult especially if you've a little bit less experience or you're a more novice rider is to have the trust in the horse to rise with your seat and not to be relying on your hands because your hands really should be a secondary aid to that it's your your seat movement where you're looking is half the battle. So I think there is a little bit of movement away from, you know, in the past, it was always, we need to have the horse on the bit. That term was used a lot, like to have that constant pressure in their mouth so that they're working the bit and on the bit. And I just don't think there's as much of a place for that anymore. Um, I think we do need a steady connection, but we don't need any, level of pressure that's to that extent and certainly we've talked about in previous episodes that roll curve neck flexed position that's used and um, sometimes in dressage too that's this is where we're really impinging on welfare um, and I think studies like this are brilliant because it does give us a little insight into how we can try and make small improvements to that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely uh, correct, Kate. You know, um, I did direct Becca to Kate Finner's website, Can Do Equine. And the reason I did is because a lot of times a thoroughbred will root for the bit because they're not understanding to give to the bit on the racetrack. We do encourage them to go on the bit and take it and gallop and so they don't really learn um, about giving to the bit so 
Um, Kate has some free lessons on her website that are really good for thoroughbreds learning that basic give to the bit from the ground so you don't get in a tug of war and brace your seat and be pulling. Um, and um, some people even try and give a little leg to move the horse into from rear end to front to alleviate that pulling. But the whole bottom line, the foundation is that give to the bit. So I did direct her to Kate um, for a little help in that. But also, if you are concerned you're using too much ring tension and you're pulling too hard, I do know um, one of the research papers, or more than just one that I read at Edinburgh, uh, revealed that it should be two to eight pounds of pressure. And um, I don't quite know what that would be uh, converted, Kate, to what stones is what you would use. I, you know what, there's a mix. So okay. <laughs> we use kilos over here, but okay. in the UK, it can be a mix of pounds, stones. Ever. Well, I know it was uh, two to eight pounds. So um, I built a rainboard and it's a pulley system that you can put a five pound weight um, with clothesline, attach a couple, you know, a set of reins to it and feel what that five pounds feels like. And I always begin young kids riding my horses. I always let them feel that because I don't want them to be severe in the horse's mouth. So through muscle memory, you get to feel what five pounds feels like. You can interchange and put a two pound weight and what that feels like. And then the amazing thing is when I started driving my pony, I put my driving lines on it. And when you're back away from the rainboard, so it's attached to a wall. So you funnel out to about what the distance would be from the horse to the carriage. That weight feels so much heavier at the end of long reins. So you can even use it for driving as well to figure out what's acceptable and what might be extreme or exceeding what they would advise. So I would even recommend that and that would be a whole heck of a lot cheaper than buying the rain tension devices. I think that's such a a great thing that you could use in writing skills as well, Nancy. It'd be great actually if we could get a picture of that just to show our listeners what it looks like because it's it sounds very straightforward and you know so, in a in a fit or not inefficient, cost effective to actually be able to set up and practice with. Well and you know I would imagine probably the thing that costs the most in it is the five pound weight. So you might be investing, you know, $10 for the whole thing, maybe probably less. And then um, the other thing is they do have pressure rain gauges and they're like $50, $55. And you can order those. They fit on each rain and then it's like air pressure or like um, shocks. So as you're pulling, 
you re it, the pull reveals green, yellow, and red. So the, the device I checked into, it's called EC Hand. And you'll be able to, they have a video where as you're pulling, if it's in the green, you know you're okay. Now, my concern would be that it, over time, that friction or that pressure probably through use would wear down. But the only thing is you're not getting real-time feedback or real-time information. Now, the um, iPods or the, um, it's called Beamins now, they have an earphone that goes in your ear and your smartphone actually directs that you're putting more pressure on your right hand or the right rein. So that's kind of unique, that real-time feedback. But um, according to Hillary Clayton's newest paper, you really have to make sure these devices calibrate their specifications within this paper that I will say the Beeman's device does meet um, but you really have to keep checking it and make sure something's not off calibration wise. And when you are writing, there are obvious times when that tension does increase. So for example, there are two spikes in ring tension in walk. Um, and that's when the head is very noticeably nodding. So an important thing just to remember is, I think sometimes it's hard too when you're trying to Think about your positioning and keeping your back straight, your elbows back and your heels down. And then I stand at your knee and hold your core. Your hands need to move at the same time. So you shouldn't be rigid with your hands. They need to have that bit of movement with the horse. You're not just holding back um, and kind of restricting that movement. And what I thought was interesting in the paper, actually, because it just brought me back straight away. But they were saying that massive spike that occurs when the horse coughs, yeah, um, which made me laugh because literally something I never would have ever thought to remember. But the minute I read that, I was like, oh, I forgot how often that will happen. Like, especially when you're in, you know, doing work in sand arenas and the horse has a cough and you just feel their whole body lurch forwards. And if you're not ready for it, then they do end up pulling on that rein. Yeah, and um, also the five pound is equal to 227 newtons and the eight pound is equal to 36.8. So your um, digital devices are going to record it in newtons. But if you want to do the cheap way and do the rainboard, that's the conversion in the pounds. So um, anyway, I will take a picture of that, Kate, and send it to you, and you can maybe put it up on the Instagram page. That would be brilliant, because yeah. I think even people could use, like, way out a little bag of sand or something or dirt, yeah. you know, to the same equivalent, because it's something that I don't think you would really comprehend. Um, definitely as a new rider like it's so nerve-wracking to you know put your trust completely into a horse and you see that in little kids some kids get up and they are just able to relax straight away and then others they enjoy the experience so much and they love being around horses but it is that little bit scary to them and it takes them a little bit more to be able to relax their body 
and getting them to practice something like that, as Nancy said, just creates that muscle memory. Yeah, I always um, start out, even my granddaughters, with the rain board because, you know, you can you can really sour a horse with heavy hands. And uh, once you get a thoroughbred going in the right direction, you hate to take two steps back. So, and they'll usually tell you, they'll flip their head or uh, root a little if you're putting too much pressure and they're trying to escape it. And I've also had where they're seeking for a little bit of contact. So they'll put their head down seeking the bit. So once you figure out your horse and what they need, um, I, I think that's one of the best things you can do is really maintain good hand to bit contact that is not too little or too much. I think that's true. And there's so many um, trainers out there that you'll see training horses using positive reinforcements, but even riding horses without tack and learning how to properly use your body as an aid. Um, I can't off the top of my head remember their name, but there's one that even does jumping without any tack. And it's about understanding the aids you're giving and the connection. Not that I recommend anyone tries it with a thoroughbred, but if you have a nice you know, quiet pony at home. Um, it's something you can definitely try and incorporate, you know, not holding on to that rein, giving a loose rein and using your body instead to encourage the signals you're trying to give. Yeah. And I will say that um, the rein pressure gauge is manufactured by Grin, which is G-R-O-E-N, and it's the color coded. It's fifty four ninety nine here in the states, and um, you know that's an option. And then also, if it, you're really having a problem and you want to rent one of the Beeman's uh, rain gauges, you can do that. It's sixty dollars or sixty euros a month. They do ship to the United States, and that includes your app and your app fee. You could probably rent it for three months, um, get a good pattern established with your horse and then send it back. So those are some options for you. And um, I th think that's about all I had, um, Kate, as far as the products currently available. Um, there's not a whole lot out there. I think what happens is, um, you know, they are used for a while and then, you know, maybe something goes wrong or the tension um, isn't as accurate and then they have to recalibrate or start all over again in their manufacturing process. So one of the spokespeople um, for IPOS said that it takes six months to redesign an application and the product. So she goes, then we have six months that we're, we cannot sell the product. So I think that's kind of disheartening and that's why a lot of researchers make their own. Yeah, I think um, it's a, it is a great asset to have, but yeah, I just think it needs to come a little bit further to be more user-friendly. Definitely just reflecting on what you're doing and maybe just put something novel in your hands with the reins. Like 
um, a little bit of cotton wool or something that you're holding with the reins and be just to be a bit more conscious to kind of waking your brain up a little bit to what you're actually doing. If you normally ride with gloves, take your gloves off um, and ride without gloves for a lesson or two. Just try and reflect more and become more aware of how your hands are actually acting because equally as we can build that muscle memory to develop appropriate tension, we may have already built that muscle memory with inappropriate tension and that that can be harder to do. So um, I think it was a great topic and thank you to Becca for sending that in. Well, and um, it followed up our bridal fit webinar that World Horse Welfare had put on last week. And then we did an episode on that. And she really appreciated that. And it made her start thinking that um, she needs to make some changes. And then also the Grin uh, rain pressure gauge, they also sell different size balls that you can use in riding um, to change your seat position and for muscle memory. And remember, we did an article on those, Kate, where people use different um, kinematics for riding, retraining their body and all that. So check that out because it's a pretty neat um, website. And I'm sure, you know, if you have some balls at your house that are different sizes, you could figure out a way to reestablish a good body control when you're riding. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's all I had for this week. Um, next week, we're going to cover a, another one of the World Horse Welfare webinars. And as Nancy and I have said before, they've got a wealth of information on their website. So Highly recommend checking those out. They've got webinars every Wednesday. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Yep. Thanks so much, Kate. It was a great paper. Thanks for uh, joining in. Take care. Bye-bye.